Welcome to the Questionally Qualified Podcast. I'm your host and committed Geno Smith skeptic, John Truxus. I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Mike Yax. Yax, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm very, very excited for this one. Yeah, there's a there's a nice uh, two tiers here in this division. Uh, we're talking about the NFC West today. So you've got two playoff teams from last year and two potential cellar dwellers, I would say. Yep. Tell Kat to leave the room if she's around for our discussion of her precious Arizona Cardinals. She's the only one who might be more negative on them than we are. Because, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's always ready for the uh, the worst side to drop. For our beer pairing today, I've got a uh, Scottish-style amber called Kilt Lifter. It's the barrel-aged version from my favorite brewery in Tempe. Um, and so it's a nice bourbon barrel-aged Scottish beer, and it is at a... There's a percentage on here somewhere, I'm sure, but I can't find it. So we'll just go ahead. Pour it out and get going. All right, so let's start with the aforementioned Arizona Cardinals. Last year was obviously a disaster for them. It was the last year of Cliff Kingsbury's run as the head coach of the Cardinals, and he seems to have done quite well for himself with his new retirement plan. I don't even know what he is up to. I thought he just disappeared off the earth. What's what's he doing? Uh, last I heard, he had taken a flight to Southeast Asia, like just you know, kind of resort area, and didn't have a flight booked back. So he's just chilling. <laughs> okay. I mean, bravo, right? That's that's I mean, good for there him. There you go, Cliff. <laughs> yep, gets paid out for the rest of his contract. That, if I remember correctly, he received an extension for just before the start of last season. This franchise, it's got a lot of lion strokes written all over it. I feel a kinship with the Arizona Cardinals, honestly. I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. I don't know that um, any of us have really had a great run, uh, any of the three of us, between you, Kat, and myself for our our home teams. No, definitely not. But um, Arizona, and a lot of people don't know because they did have that Super Bowl run, but they're about just as bad as it gets. Same with the Lions and the Browns. Yep. Those three, that's like some abject failure, but... Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, Michael Bidwell is the the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, he's been making mistakes for quite a long time. (laughs) Oh, man. You'll, You'll love to see it. Indeed you do. All right, so let's take a look at how they finished up last season. Uh, they ended the season 4-13. and 13. Of course, Kyler Murray missed a number of games, but I don't know that you could say that that's the entire reason for that face plant. Uh, they were 29th in total DVOA, 24th on defense, which is the better of the two halves for them. And they had line troubles all year. It's it was it, They were due for an overhaul, and they really did overhaul it here in the offseason. Of course, we don't actually know if or when Kyler is healthy enough to start this season. Uh, so that makes things a little interesting with backups of Colt McCoy and David Blau. Love David Blau. Yeah, you have some familiarity with him, right? Speaking oh, of these Lions. Oh, yeah. He started a few games for few games for the Honolulu Blue and Silver. He is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not the person you want starting your games. And uh, I wouldn't say Colt McCoy is much farther ahead, uh, nor is Colt McCoy reliable from an injury standpoint to uh, to fill those games in for Kyler very well. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be a disaster. This, yeah, I don't I don't really know. I mean, was last year the 
did Kyler get his extension before last year? And that's when, like, yes. We just have to touch on that story just a little bit because that was the craziest saga I've ever heard where they put that clause into his contract about not playing called. I mean, it was to watch film. Yes. But, like, it was because he played too much Call of Duty and then somebody figured out, like, when new campaigns dropped, that his play was, like, much, much worse. And it's just like, what? I don't know, man. I Like, we're squarely millennials and everything is super online in our lives. Like, sure. As almost, almost our whole lives, but not quite. And this is just the craziest shit. I was like, what is going, like, what is this story? It's like, this isn't football as I remember. It's just hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I love video games uh, quite a bit, but having it interfere that much that your your contract uh, has a clause in there about it is is pretty remarkable. <laughs> and then just like, yeah, having the ability to like put an NFL quarterback on blast for that and for it to pick up so much traction in the front office that they write like a clause into his contract. That is some craziest story and I mean, it was hilarious, and it blew up in their face, and they yeah. ended up taking it out, I think, but... Oh they, my did. God. they did. Yeah. yeah, the ball was dropped in so many places, right? Because the last... <sighs> I, I wouldn't think you'd want that information to be public, and <laughs> that definitely yeah. didn't. didn't. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Just so much about this. I mean, and that is like... Can I imagine that happening to many franchises in the nfl i can think i mean it could happen to the lions maybe but yeah yeah just the select handful right yeah that's that's some bizarre stuff yeah i suppose that as far as your your players bad habits go that one's not so bad but um yeah anyway uh, to try to write the ship yeah both both kingsbury and and kyler were given co- <laughs> contract extensions before last season mm-hmm. and there are kingsbury has already been and Fired, and there are rumors that the Cards, with another bad season, might be looking at the uh, the top quarterback prospect in next year's draft. So that says a lot, I think, about the state of the franchise right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. God, if Kyler doesn't play well, how are they not be able to trade him? So it's like right. that makes no sense to look at. I'm guessing Caleb. Is it Caleb Williams? Williams, yeah. Because it doesn't. There's no world in which. You can get him and also get out from under Kyler. Right, and actually get, like, a return that you'd want. I mean, yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yep. (laughs) So trying to right the ship for the Cardinals is Jonathan Gannon, who was last seen in the Super Bowl, uh, giving up 38 points to the Chiefs and losing a game in which the Philly offense played pretty well. Probably not the coordinator that I would want out of the uh, the two coordinators (laughs) for the Super Bowl runner-ups. Yeah. But I don't. I don't want to say for sure that he's going to be bad. It's not necessarily true. But the 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 last one that that rings a bell to me though is is Mr. Matty Pats himself, yeah. who also was in a Super Bowl involving the Eagles and didn't the look Rocket so great before being yeah. starting his head coaching gig. The rocket scientist. But I mean, at least at least this guy isn't like a New England assistant. They all have their heads so far up their own asses. That's very true. That's very true. I mean, and it's like another another story about like so you (laughs) they tampered this. They got a new GM, and the first thing he does is 
get these tampering charges that he self-reports. So they have to lose a third-round pick, like, 28. They, like, they figured out with the Eagles, and they basically swapped third-round picks. 28 spots. <laughs> this is a new GM, and that's the first thing you did, is, like, be a net negative on your team. <laughs> your team yeah. rebuild. Uh, that's just, that kind of stuff is amazing. Yeah, that, that's pretty remarkable. And I'm trying to remember uh, what happened to their previous GM, Steve Kime. Oh, I guess he was also extended before the start of last season. Oh, was it? Is this? Yeah, this stuff. This is that. This is another. This is another thing that happened. They lost. They lost. The and this guy groped a woman before the game, and they got fired. This wow! Is unbelievable. John Patrick Kugler, the offensive line coach. This team fucking sucks. Oh my god. Yeah, so their offensive line coach. This is another story. They've had they had all the craziest, stupidest storylines. We we did the AFC South, and I was like, nothing is stupider than this division. Right. But Arizona Cardinals, you could maybe put in that division mm-hmm. with this insane saga where this guy because he, <laughs> I don't do you not remember this because this was this was just patently insane. I don't remember any of this stuff. I just I wasn't paying attention, I guess, to the, <laughs> the off-field storyline so much last season. Yeah, this coach, uh, Sean Coogler, was fired before, like, basically put on leave before the game for, like, this, this um, like, yeah, the sexual harassment, essentially. And then he, in the press, very publicly was like, it was a case of mistaken identity. It wasn't me. I'm gonna prove it over time. And then, like two weeks later, they're like, "It was definitely." <laughs> that's a that's a bold, a bold stance to take there. <laughs> yeah. That you think you're gonna? It was mistaken identity. <laughs> this team is so stupid. Yeah, we probably should have known from the jump too, because <laughs> it's not like NFL teams are usually quick with the trigger finger on those yeah. sort of incidents. Yeah. Yeah, there's like six of his own coaching buddies probably saw it go down. Yeah, like, hey man, uh, yeah, they got you. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury's most most notable accomplishment is having a cool house. And the yep. rest of his tenure in Arizona was a disaster. Yep. Oh, Indeed it was. Indeed it was. And this this new regime is already started. It's already going to be garbage, you can tell. I kind of agree, and uh, and DeAndre Hopkins is also gone now um, yeah. after he was cut in the off season. Classic. To to truly reflect that, their over under this season is set at four point five, oh, which I haven't looked through every. That might be the lowest in the league. I think it is. Do you have a strong lean on that one? I have to look up when they expect Tyler to be back. Yeah, that's that's a good point because he could win them a couple games against Garbo opponents. So they're most likely during the second half of the 2023 season. But they said maybe it could be as early as September. They've got kind of a rough slate, too. I'm looking at their their schedule right now. Mm-hmm. We go at Washington, who I don't think is going to be particularly good, but Dan Snyder is gone, so I feel like they'll be, they'll be <laughs> amped up for week one. Yeah, they're going to be playing with – they're going to be playing like – 20 or 30 pounds lighter than they have in the last yeah. 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then they then they get the Giants, who, you know, not great, but not, not bad either. Mm-hmm. 
Dallas, San Francisco, Cincinnati. Oh, no. The Rams, who, okay. if Stafford's healthy, it, they're at least dangerous. Probably but, better than this garbage yeah. team. Then the Seahawks, the Ravens, the Browns. Wait, how many games are we in right now? That's through week nine. That's nine games. So you're telling me they have a pretty good chance. I'm starting zero and nine. I think so. I and think then so. why even bring Kyler back? Right. And right. then if he never plays, maybe you can trade it. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've got a shot. Man, this is a rough schedule. Then you get Atlanta, who <laughs> again could be decent this year. The, Houston. Uh, the questionably qualified unanimous selection to win that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Somehow. Uh, then you get Houston, so that's one that, that you have there a good shot go. to win. There we go. The Rams again, the Steelers, that's a, a bye week, the, the Niners, the Bears, so that one's winnable. You then go. then you finish it up with the Eagles and the Seahawks again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's going to be tough. That's going to yeah. be tough. Yeah, I, I'll go under on that four and a half number there. This could be the first 0 and 17. It could, it, they could be real bad, like because like you said, if they're if they're off to that bad of a start, why would you bring Kyler in at that point? And... Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's a har a harbinger of doom when it's like, you know, the we we um you know we play fantasy football on that sleeper app, and there's like a big the big meme on the whole app if you ever look at those messages that everyone is like, how does this affect Marlon Mack? It's like a joke. <laughs> and they signed him, and his Achilles exploded in two days. And I'm like, this is bad news for this, for this team. Yeah. Yeah, there are omens, right? Bad omens. That's a bad, and that is one of the worst. Yep. yep. Um, oh, man. I, I think, I somehow think under as well. Okay. For, for what we just. Like what they did, you know, they traded up with the Lions and they they got that kid Harris Brown Jr. from Ohio State, ostensibly to try to protect Kyler. Kyler actually was lobbying for that kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from what I've read, it seems like a good pick. Like he seems like he'll be a solid player. Drafting drafting a tackle is is definitely like step one of a rebuild, though, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's when you know you're at like square one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's like if David if if Colt McCoy gets hurt and you you're looking at David Blau and maybe Jeff Driscoll, yeah. another Lion backup who is somehow even worse than David Blau. I I don't know, man. Yeah. For a perspective, I'm pretty sure those two guys went through all of camp last year and they both got cut. <laughs> Like that, and we like. I don't know. I forget what we even did to get another backup in the room, but like that's perspective. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty bad. Uh, all right. So we spent we spent about fifteen minutes on the Cardinals, which I didn't expect. Uh, but that's they give you they give us a lot of material to work with. I just forgot how much of a train wreck their last season was. Like I kind of did record, too. The record was so bad, but yeah, I kind of did too. I think in my head I was like, well, they lost Kyler, you know, so it was like not a great season, but part of it is loot. But it was a lot worse than that. It was a disaster from start to finish, and it's like kind of hilarious that they fired Kingsbury right after that. Yeah, yeah, 
But like I said, he's got that nice that nice fat contract extension that he gets cashed out on, so that's always nice. Yep, yeah. and then in another year he'll be on like the NFL Network, just big dead eyes, <laughs> full monotone. <laughs> It'll be perfect. That'll be great. All right, all right. So let's move on to the next team in the NFC West, the other bad team from last season, the Los Angeles Rams. So one season removed from the Super Bowl. The worst, the worst defending Super Bowl champions in history. Yep. They run uh, into some big problems, most importantly Matthew Stafford's injury. Yeah. And I think the rest of it is just kind of regression from everyone. So by the time Cooper Cup went out with an injury, I think we all sort of saw where the yeah. season was going anyway. Yeah, and yeah, they just they just weren't good last season, kind of across the board. Their defense was mediocre. Everything else was pretty bad. And changes wise, I mean, they're sort of stuck in in cap hell, right? So they didn't have a chance to overhaul everything. Yeah, so this is just going to be kind of torture to watch if you're a Rams fan, which of you know there are none. So right, right, All yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I didn't even I didn't even know this, but I see in your notes here that they drafted Stetson Bennett, which <laughs> yeah, I, in the fourth round, which everyone loves, is pretty remarkable. What yeah, what, what are they hoping like to accomplish with that? <laughs> uh, I think they're hoping to make Matthew Stafford happy because they drafted another Georgia Bulldog quarterback. They can talk of, they can talk about the Bulldog mascot. I, I honestly I have no idea because nobody thinks he can start. Some people right. didn't think he was going to get drafted. I think he had most usually had a sixth or seventh round grade. So yeah, I'm sure they're thinking this is the next Tom Brady. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't you want some tools? I mean, I know it's not all tools, but some tools would probably be. <laughs> that, hey, that's you know yeah. Well, it's so weird. It's yeah. I don't know. I guess it's like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I have no idea. I kind of knew someone's going to bite on him because he's back-to-back national champ. The winner. You know, yeah, when you have the best defense college football's maybe ever seen. Yeah, when when <laughs> half the first round seems to be players from, from your team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's uh, the Eagles' DVOA from, like, what do you think it's going to be this year? Like, number two or Oh, the Eagles' defensive DVOA, and they, yeah, and it's all Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were six last year. They'll probably be better this year. Yeah, that's wild. What, I mean, what do you say about this team now? Yeah, like, so their their path, right? Their path to success this season is you have a healthy Stafford, you have a healthy Cooper Cup, and on defense you have Aaron Donald, and. I think you just hope that you can ride that to enough wins. The big question mark, I think, would be their offensive line. And, you know, if, if you can get any play out of them. But it's, it's hard to see everything going very well, right? Like, I don't want to count them out entirely from having a decent season. Let me see here. They were 3-3 three and three last season going into their bye week. Uh, eh. And they had played a tough schedule up to that point, right? So they had played Buffalo. They lost to Buffalo. They beat Atlanta and Arizona, two teams they should beat. They lose to the Niners, who are solid. They lose to the Cowboys, who are solid. They beat Carolina, and then they go into the bye. And then they came out and got smoked by the Niners. 
And then I think they only had one more game with Stafford and Cup before. And I think he was, I think he got hurt in that San Francisco game. Yeah. Yep. I think that's right. So, so I guess that, that would be your case is right. Right. They were like almost a 500 team before those injuries. Cup looked like he was just as good as he was the season before. And then you hope that from there you can build on it. But yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the best case for improvement is that you look at weeks nine through eighteen for their uh, their high passers by game, and you get Stafford, Wolford, Stafford, oh, oh, Perkins, Lord. Wolford, Perkins, Mayfield, 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 Mayfield. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forget who Perkins is. You remember Perkins? <laughs> who the fuck is Perkins? And Perkins. <laughs> and Perkins. Uh, Bryce Perkins apparently. John, how could you not know he went to your alma mater even? <laughs> he went he went to Virginia. What are you talking about? He played college football at Arizona State, what? Arizona Western, and UVA. Okay. <laughs> so he bounced around a bit. Bounced around a little. Alright, alright. Okay, fair. well <laughs> holy shit. I believe he's unsigned this okay. season. Here's what I got on his Wikipedia, which is of note. Perkins redshirted his first year at Arizona State in 2015. And missed 2016 due to a broken neck. Yo! What the fuck? Yikes! Well, Perkins, man, good job making it. Your dreams come true on the road, Yeah. Baby. Dang. Okay. Well, good for him. Uh, he is no longer on a team, as far as I can tell. <laughs> but hey, he got, he got a start. So... <laughs> That's, that's, more, that's more than I can say. Yep, yep. So, yeah, so that I think that's the case, right, is you think that maybe they can go, they can hang around 500, maybe make the playoffs um, with that sort of a break there. I'm taking a look at their schedule now to see. They get Indy on there. They get Pittsburgh on there. They get Jordan Love and Green Bay on there. Two games against Arizona, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it won't be easy if Seattle and San Francisco are both good again. Yeah. but. With that in mind, I do sort of feel like between that and Sean McVay, who I I have confidence, not not the same confidence that I have in Kyle Shanahan, but I do have confidence in Sean McVay. I do kind of like the six and a half over uh, for them. Over seems, I could see them going seven and ten without too much trouble. That's true. I'm just, I get worried about... San Francisco destroying Matthew Stafford's life again. That's very that's very fair. And, and it's Stafford really had a UCL, good. right? Um, I don't remember. I think he did, but he also had like a broken back last year. Yeah, like they he got all messed up last year. And he's thirty five years old now. He's had for like I think a kind of a long time. They said. But yeah, I think it was his back was all messed up if I remember correctly. You know, a little bit. It's gonna be rough having a statue back there again. Okay, so he he had an elbow procedure before the season, and then he went into the concussion protocol after they lost the Buccaneers, and then suffered a concussion again in the game that he came back for. Oh, that's right. He got two concussions in like six days or something. Yeah, and then. Oh, he suffered a spinal cord contusion. <laughs> so that doesn't sound great. Maybe just hang it up, Staffy. <laughs> Got the Super Bowl. Um, 
Yeah, so that's that's uh, I think that's the the way that they go under that six and a half number is that Stafford gets injured again, and you're relying on. I think they signed Brett Ripien as their backup. There you go. Yeah, looking good. They added Matt, the younger Lafleur, as their OC. And he's the one who was with the Jets last year, right? Yep, that's right. And. Uh... That I mean, that was an amazing offense. It one certainly of, was one of the best in the league. I mean, was it all his fault? Hmm, probably not. Right. Yeah. Most likely not. We haven't Thanks gotten to the Jets yet, but I think we we have some alignment there in our expectations for them. The Cardinals are really bad, but like they're so bad that they're gonna play up in the games against the Rams. You can like just take that to the bank. Yeah, so those are going to be two of maybe three or four winnable games for for them the whole season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then they got the NFC East, I think, from what I gleaned from what you told me about the Cardinals' schedule and the AFC North. That is Give correct. Me the under man, I'm taking the under on this team. Okay. Sorry, Staffy, I love you, but. Yeah. Everyone's That's going to be a rough, too. Older, so, man. Yeah, you're right. With Stafford's injury concerns, he gets to go against the Niners, the Eagles, Oof. Steelers, <laughs> the <Not> Cowboys. <laughs> God damn. That's, like, that's, that's rough. Three of the five best DNs. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's real rough. And their offensive line is very far from proven. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. if a forty-year-old what's his name was like the glue that held the whole team together. Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, Whitworth. Yep. Yep. Uh-oh. All right. All right. So we'll see what happens with the Rams. We'll see if Sean McVay and, and staff can combine to to get him back to a five hundred team in a, a playoff contention. Possible. All right, let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks, who were a nice surprise last season after the Russell Wilson trade. Everybody thought they were giving up, and it turned out they were upgrading their QB, apparently. Yeah, real hard for me to root for Pete Carroll, but uh, it was kind of fun. I agree, I agree. Especially you hear some of the stories about Russ in Denver, which we can get into more when we do the AFC West, but yeah, yeah sounds like... It sounds like it might not have been super fun to be working with him that whole time. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like it. Sean Payton certainly doesn't seem to be a fan of a lot of the things that he was doing. Yeah, Team 3 or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. So, with that in mind, let's let's go through real quick. So, the Seahawks finished last season 9-8. and eight. They made the playoffs where, of course, they got smoked by the San Francisco 49ers. They finished 10th in total DVOA. Their defense was 21st, but they had a nice job. They did a nice job on offense and special teams. Uh, they, they were really bolstered last season by a very strong draft class where they, I think they had two tackles and two cornerbacks in the draft that all played pretty well as rookies, which is about as valuable as a draft as you could have for the most part. Yeah. And then you got Kenny. Don't forget my dude. That's true. That's true. My bad. I, I should have. I should have mentioned him. And he's he's getting more run this season, right? I mean, I, you would think so. But they did also draft a running back in I think the second or third round. So. Yeah, I don't think he can stop Pete Carroll from drafting running backs. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> but uh, Penny is gone, right? Yep. 
And I'm trying to think if they had anybody else who was taking touches from Kenny last year. I don't think so, but I know that Penny was, was when he was healthy, one of those uh, blockers. Yeah, Penny was, and then, like, I don't know, maybe Travis Homer, if he's still there. Yeah, that could be. That could be. God, there's so many names of random one-off Seattle Seahawks running backs. Yeah. Okay, so with... in Zach Charbonnet, who's, I think he's more of, like, he's not the hand it to him every back. He's more of a catch it out of the backfield. Okay. Kind of like the he's the lightning. Kenny, I think, is the thunder. It's the thunder in that situation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so with that in mind, their over under is set at eight and a half. I think the only thing that really matters for answering that question is which version of Geno Smith do you expect to see this season? <laughs> Man, I'm an I am not an optimist, but I love to see Geno Smith succeed so I, i'm expecting him to kind of pick it up where he left off uh, that's how i think of it it it's some very fun stuff in terms of jets misery i feel like to watch geno smith succeed somewhere else yeah and like <laughs> i mean i guess when it's like you're not you're not getting beat up over gambling debt or <laughs> yeah, minor or, things like that or you know snapping eli manning's consecutive start streak right like, maybe you're it's a little easier and then they they drafted that kid out of ohio state jackson smith and jigba that everyone's excited for so i mean i can't see how they're worse on offense i, I feel like they're gonna be better yeah yeah the only way they are is if is if gino regresses a lot right so it, it's interesting because i i'm generally skeptical of one-year quarterback, like, right? Like, so I think, like, Case Keenum, Josh McCown, when he had his little half-season with the Bears where he looked really good. And and usually my rule is, like, well, you can't trust, the, you know, their best season. You have to look at the larger the larger sample size. With Geno, it's it's a really weird situation where his his sample size before was, like, it was a little large, but it was such a short run that it's hard to say, like, oh, we know we knew for sure that he wasn't good, and, you know, this is just a blip. So I'm going through his season-by-season season stats here. And Jets teams were so In bad. 2013, right, in 2013, he starts for the Jets as a rookie, yep. and he throws 443 passes. The next season, he starts again, and he throws 367 passes. And then he never threw more than 50 passes again until two seasons ago at the Seahawks where he passed 50, but not even 100 passes. So it was kind of like his only extended run with any kind of supporting cast was this past season with the Seahawks. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a team that had some pieces. So, I mean... The Jets are another one of those franchises that you can put you put in that category with the Lions. Take away Super Bowl Bowl three and they have done absolutely nothing. They're a dog shit. So I don't know. Do you take over from Mark Sanchez there? I think that's the timing of it, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Ooh, you want to tie it back to the Lions again? How can we do that? I got one for you here. So <laughs> so Geno Smith is drafted by the Jets and he starts in 2013 and 2014. Both seasons, the offensive coordinator under Rex Ryan is Ooh. Marty Morningleg. Oh, no shit. 
<laughs> oh, we gotta love that. that so good, good times. I think if uh, you can look at just like abject failure in the NFL, and nine out of ten times, you look at who's coaching, and somebody coached on the line. It does. It does sort of seem that way. Let's see. So his rookie season, Chris Ivory and Bilal Powell were his his top running backs. Chris Ivory had some runs. So did his Powell a little bit. Top receiver was Jeremy Curley. That's less good. These are some names: Jeremy Curley, David Nelson. Nope. Uh, they had Kellen Winslow at tight end. Okay. Stephen Hill. A 29-year-old Santonio Holmes, who somehow only caught 23 passes, and Clyde Gate. So that's that's your receiving core there in his rookie season and in his second <laughs> season. Holmes in that? Oh no! In his second season, he got Eric Decker added to that group. Oh, there but that's, we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, that was bad times for him. Yeah, so so again, like the circling back, I, just, oh, it, I don't Marty know that Morning, I can... Oh man, and it's like I don't. Gino doesn't. He came from West Virginia, didn't he? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was a really high-powered West Virginia offense there. What the fuck are you doing? Trying to put him in Marty Morningwig? He usually does like that West Coast. Yep. Yep. Entire so entire the... opposite. Well, so how? Yeah, exactly. That makes no sense. And so his entire career is derailed. Playing yep. in a system that didn't fit what he did his entire college career. That's wild. Yeah, not great. And then he, in his third season, he loses the starting job to Fitzmagic. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's just the way it goes sometimes. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm not as confident as I usually be when someone says, oh, yeah, there is a, uh, a ninth season breakout by this guy. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I do I do wonder if there's a li- just like a little bit of regression, not all the way to being terrible, but like not quite a thirty to eleven touchdown interception ratio. Maybe it's like twenty five to sixteen. Could be. I think you know it's, when you look at kind of like what happened to Wilson leaving this kind of Pete Carroll offensive system. To me, I'm kind of just like. Are they going to look at a lot of tape and be able to be like, oh, well, Gino's tendencies are this or that, or like we're going to be able to get him in these different situations and kind of like, you know, game plan for him better? I'm not sure there's going to be that much of that, is kind of my only thing. Where it's like, yeah. And you know that Carroll's going to going to commit to running the ball still too, right? Like that's his his lean is always going to be we're going to run the ball and we'll go play action off of it, which I think you're right. It protects protects the offense to some extent from the 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 parts of a quarterback that might be a liability. Yeah, I think yeah. If if, if all of a sudden they can't run the ball like they did last year, yeah, then let's look for Geno to not be very like to kind of show some of that tendency to turn the ball over like he did earlier in his career, but I'm sure he's better than he was then. So Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. With that in mind, I'm going to go under. I just think that a little regression from him might be enough for the whole thing to kind of fall apart. Yeah. But at eight and a half, I mean, all you need is a is a nine and eight season and, and you're hitting on the over there. 
And uh, that's why I think I'm going to go over here. Because I think we're, I think I'm like, there. that's four wins probably in the division. Yeah. And we'll see. It is a tough problem. Like, yeah, the divisions they play are hard. So. Yeah. 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 But you're right, though. I mean, that's, that's an interesting, you know, if the Rams, if the Rams don't have a, like, very lucky confluence of events where everything goes well for them, then they're going to be bad. They're going to be straight up bad. And we know the cards are going to be bad. So you're right. That's four games that, that could go pretty well. Niners are going to be tough, and they spanked them last year. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like that's just a bad matchup for yeah, that team. Exactly. I don't think there's... Yeah. But outside of that, they get to play Cleveland, who, you know, any anyone's guess if, if Deshaun Watson looks like he's a competent quarterback, uh, not to mention everything else that he's terrible about. Yeah. Uh, they get to play the Giants. They get Detroit and Carolina. I mean, you know, you might know in week two if your over looks good based on how they do against the Lions. Yeah, that's like, yeah, I think so. But since I'm definitely taking the Lions over, it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be hard for me if the Lions drop to 0-2 after mm-hmm. playing the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a rough way to start the season there for you with the KC game, but, you know. Hey, everyone says that means the league's taking us seriously, John. We are the Detroit Lions. Is that what that means? What it means. I, I will I will say, as a Bears fan, I was not so thrilled with their primetime positioning last season. Who, the Bears? Yeah. Yeah, they had, they had a few night get? games, and oh I was like, I don't, I don't need this. The Lions had Thanksgiving. And then we got flexed the last game of the year, though. Yeah, and man, was that did that ever work out great? That was that was a great one. Oh, I loved it. Uh, so it much was fun. the most Lions thing ever to win that game. Yep. When they were already eliminated, but yep, the end of the Rogers era. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that guy can he can go blow. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the reigning the reigning division the champs. Cream, the cream of the crop here. Indeed, indeed. The San Francisco 49ers. Uh, 13-4 and last season. I think that Eagles game would have been a really good game if they had a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it turns out that when you lose Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and your Mr. Irrelevant ends up being better than anybody expected and then you also lose him, you kind of run out of options finally there for, for your quarterback. Yeah. Not... That wasn't great. That wasn't great. It wasn't a great game to watch, but yeah, it was a bummer to see that too. So. Yeah, yeah. So they had a kind of interesting year last year in the sense that it looks like they were kind of great throughout, but they really weren't. They were they were more a little bit more of a middling team through the early part of the season. Their defense was was great throughout, but even though Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers looked pretty good, their offense as a whole wasn't as efficient as you might expect from from a Kyle Shanahan offense until they acquired uh, Christian McCaffrey. And when they did, and of course, it's the right offense to kind of use him in a way that is worth more than a regular running back. But once they acquired him, they really took off on offense and were the best. By most metrics, they were the best offense in the league for the, the back half of the year there. I mean, was Purdy undefeated in the regular I, season? He was undefeated, I believe. He came in, I don't think he lost the game until that, that Eagles game. And he was... Very good. So it was like a that confluence of events. Yep. Put Purdy in and get CMC. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty great combo. And if, I do think, I think Purdy, if if we're comparing what they had this season to what they've had in seasons past, I think Purdy provides a level of variance in the offense that is probably better off altogether than having Garoppolo back there. Yeah, I think he does more what they wanted to do. Kind of like he's kind of like he's not quite as an athletic as a guy they wanted like Trey Lance, but right. he offers at least a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and he'll he'll take he'll take a little more time uh, than than Garoppolo would. And sort of you get get more of those big plays than yeah. than Jimmy G would would get. Yeah, Jimmy G's mentor was a statue, and he kind of takes that a little bit to heart. Oh, Purdy was he was so fun to watch in and out of the pocket, scramble around. Yeah. Like Jimmy G doesn't really have that kind of. That's not really his game. Yeah, and Purdy would do a nice job of looking downfield when he was oh, scrambling yeah. instead of just sort of looking down and and tucking. Oh yeah, he was great like that. Yep. So, big loss-wise, they lost a couple defensive linemen. They also lost a defensive coordinator. D'Amico Ryans goes to Houston. I believe that Ryans had been the D coordinator for two seasons there in San Francisco, so he had a decent track record of of looking pretty solid there. Not that the personnel is is lacking, but it's it's a potential risk, is that Steve Mm -hmm. Wilkes isn't quite as good of a D coordinator, especially in a game plan-specific standpoint than... uh, that that D'Amico Ryan's was. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's kind of a wait and see. I don't really know Steve Wilkes from. Yeah, so so Steve Wilkes has had kind of an interesting history. Uh, he was with the Bears in the mid double O's as a defensive backs coach. He ended up getting his first role as a defensive coordinator with the Carolina Panthers in 2017. So that wasn't too long. He's also an assistant head coach there to Ron Rivera. So he was he was an assistant head coach in the years that uh, in the year that they went to the Super Bowl. He got his first head coaching gig with the Arizona Cardinals in 2018, which is kind of a tough break. That's what I know him from. Yeah, and they fired him in one season. I think that was the Josh Rosen year, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I think you're right. Oh no. Yeah. So that's a little okay. tough. Okay, so he. The the book's not really written on him. He just kind of got got a little bit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he was the interim head coach last year with the Carolina Panthers, which is another situation that I don't feel oh, gives you much to work off of in terms of a true evaluation. Oh, this poor soul. Yeah, yeah, a little tough. So reasonable to think that he might be he might be pretty good uh, as a as a defensive coordinator, or at least not bad. Uh, but we will see uh, how the season plays out. The other question, I know that a few weeks ago, at least, there was some questioning of whether Brock Purdy would be healthy, if he was healthy, or if he wasn't healthy, who would be playing? Is it Trey Lance? Is it someone else? Sam Darnold. Sam, could be Sam Darnold. I, I, the latest I heard was that they expect Purdy to be playing in week one, but have you heard anything else? No, I, I kind of feel like he's not going to, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that people have said that, but the general consensus is that if you tore a ligament in your arm as late as the NFC Championship game, then you're probably not going to be yeah. fully ready for the start of the season. I know it's not like as high leverage on that like elbow as baseball is, but it just feels weird <laughs> to rush yeah. him back. Yeah. Especially if you got someone like, you know, if Trey Lance can't really... If he's not doing it for you, like, 
Sam Darnold, does he stink? Yeah, but like he could he could do a really good Jimmy Garoppolo impression and your team's gonna be fine. I kinda you know think so I mean? too. Like if there's yeah. an offense he's gonna succeed in, it's this one, right? I agree a hundred percent. Like, hey Sam, we need you to go out there, look towards Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, like you have these options, they're all gonna be short passes, and we're just gonna work to get them open for you. Yeah. You just 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 have Shanahan run the Garoppolo offense until Purdy's ready, and then he runs the real offense. Yeah. Or if Trey Lance can run the real offense too. I love that this team traded for Zane Gonzalez and then drafted Jake Moody, a kicker in the third <laughs> round. I just had to bring that up because what the fuck? I... Yeah, let me take a Who quick look here. That? I'm curious about how bad their kicking game was last season that they felt this desperate to I, to over overhaul it with with two resources spent on kickers. But also in the third round, who what? What is that the highest kicker since Robert Aguyo? Oh my god, Ohio? that was a that was a great one. Well, I mean that's the thing. That's the the thing, third though. round is very high. Yeah, and Aguayo I think was second round. And yes. Then the high only other higher one is Janikowski. That's an Al Davis special right there. If we can bring that up as many shows as possible, that Al Davis drafted a kicker in the first round. Ah, uh, Steve Bass. All right, so let's go through the list real quick. This is a fun little trivia bit because you're right. From the modern day standpoint, Janikowski is the uh, the highest drafted one. You had Charlie Gogolek. Drafted by the Washington, formerly Redskins, in 1966. All right. That's a he was drafted hit. sixth overall. Holy moly. So that seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Russell Erxelben? Of course. E-R-X-L-E-B-E-N. Was drafted 11th overall by the New Orleans Saints in 1979. Generally, not a good idea to do anything similar to what the Saints do back in those oh, days. That was, they were, they were real bad. Did these guys, at least back then, like play multiple positions? Uh, no, not that old, unfortunately. Oh my god. He was actually a punter in the NFL for six seasons. He yeah. attempted a handful of field goals. <laughs> so they drafted a punter. Oddly enough, he holds the record for the longest field goal made in NCAA history at 67 yards. <laughs> yeah, so yeah right. That's not. What was it in a hurricane? I feel like somebody wrote down just, the, the yard line wrong or something like that. Exa- like it was a 57 yarder that's, and they just forgot about yep. the. <laughs> exactly. That was my exact same <laughs> thought. Um, then you had Steve Little for the St. Louis Cardinals. Again, not a franchise you want to emulate in 1978. Seabass, round one, pick 17. Tony's in Dejas. That was in the supplemental draft. I don't really understand exactly how that worked in 1984. John Lee was a second rounder by the Arizona Cardinals. So Cardinals showing up, up here there two times, twice. <laughs> oh man! Chester Marcole by the Green Bay Packers in 1972. Jeffy Jeffy Depuister. <laughs> oh, Jeffy Depuister <laughs> was round two, pick ten by the Lions in '68. Ah, oh, Lions, of course. That of course, Mike Nugent. Was a second rounder for the Jets in 2005. No. Yep, I wouldn't have guessed that one. I wouldn't have guessed that one. Wild. And then Robert Aguayo 
round yeah. two, pick 59 overall for the Bucks in 2016. How many kicks did he make in the NFL? Ooh, it ain't many. I would guess. Let me guess. I bet he made, not counting extra points, six field goals. He only made it one season, right? I think. Yeah. Wow, you were dang close. Oh. He. Okay. Uh, no, my bad. Okay. Total, he was 22 for 31. Oh, man. That's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But not great. And he was 5 for 5 from 20 to 29 yards. Automatic. <laughs> Just bring him in for those. <laughs> So, so yeah, uh, anyway, <laughs> the Niners, not not exactly using resources wisely, especially when you've been trading picks away. Maybe you, you should take shots at, at a little higher value positions with those picks. Oh, he, he kicked for the Chargers in 2018? Aguayo? Yeah. I thought he was done after the one year. He went perfect. Oh, in the preseason. Oh, there you go. There we go. Then he worked out for the Patriots. <laughs> of course he did. 2020. Probably because Belichick was trolling people again. 20, 2020, is that the same year they signed Tim Tebow to play tight end? Oh, wait, no. Did they, they didn't do that. Who did that? Oh, Urban Meyer did that. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was the Jags. And we didn't bring that up in the AFC South. Just, oh, just two seasons ago, that happened. Oh, my God. Two seasons. Geez. I... Um, anyway, bad bad use of resources aside, I am going to take the over on the Niners. I just I think I'm a Kyle Shanahan true believer. I just he's he's done it too many times with too many non extraordinary quarterbacks, and unless their defense really really nosedives, I feel like that's good enough to come up to eleven and five for the year. I'm going under. Fuck these guys. I mean, eleven and five is a lot. It's asking a lot, and they've got a tough schedule. I think, I, I think it's a that's ah, gosh, but no, ah, I think it's gonna be over actually. But I want to say under. But I'm just worried. I'm just worried that they start Sam Darnold like eight games, and that's kind of the only thing. I'm I'm really thinking because it's like they rush Purdy back, and he, he stinks because he's hurt. Then it's just like ugh. I don't know. I'll take I'll take the under just based on the questions at quarterback. But yeah, I think they're gonna be, you know, just as good as last year. So I don't expect this one to hit. Well, that does it for the NFC West. Uh, quite a journey. I didn't expect that we'd spend as much time on the NFC West as we did. But you know, there's just a lot of content out there for these teams. Yeah, and it's like we haven't done this in a long time, so it's like it's kind of nice to flesh out some of the stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's so many things to forget about. Yeah, so true. All right, well, that was excellent. We'll be doing the AFC West next. Uh, So for the time being, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again in the AFC West preview.